Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. A lot of people seem to think that girls from my background just tend to be a stay-at-home mum that cooks and cleans. Oh god, I hate chicken on the they were good. I'm preparing to race for the Magnolia Cup. I'm not really sure what to expect. I've never been on a race horse. <laughs> I've never raced. We're going on the bumper cars. <laughs> I had my first go on a race horse this morning. Did you? Go. Going to the next exercise. He's at the bottom of a steep curve. We really need to raise the game. I'm afraid to tell you that we failed. Shut up. I don't. I got it. My name is Khadija Mala. A big part of my life has just been proving people wrong about what a person like me can achieve. Runners being called forward for the Magnolia Cup. Um, what else you want to know? And here she is. Yes, indeed. Winning jockey. A film star, media lovey now as well, being doing the tour alongside uh, Ollie Bell, who joins us in the studio as well. I suppose we have to call him filmmaker now, uh, <laughs> Ollie uh, Bell. How are you? Feet on the ground, time to enjoy all of the last few months? Um, I still look back at the footage and go like, uh, is that me? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like I'm still not quite there, but um, look, looking back at it, I'm, it's, I'm like still shaken by the whole experience. We got to see the, the premiere of the film on, on ITV after the World Cup final, indeed, yesterday. So it was a great kind of <laughs> platform. Have you had sort of texts and messages? Do you get loads a chance to watch it loads. back? All my friends um, that have sort of gone off to uni, so I haven't been in contact with them, mm. have then watched it and then come to me and been like, I didn't even realise like, how amazing your, like, your summer had been. Yeah. <laughs> um, and loads of people, like even strangers, have been sending me amazing like emotional messages and it's so nice so Ollie I suppose that that's kind of the impact you wanted to have that's one of the reasons that you made the film I suppose yeah totally I mean at the start the idea was formed to try and shine a light on Ebony Horse Club mm. in Brixton which is just this amazing centre where Khadija and her, her brother ride um, every Sunday I think Khadija's been going for the last six or seven years of her mm. life and I didn't really know about it until two years ago when we linked to a, a news piece about it on on the opening show and I'd lived in Denmark Hill for a couple of years mm. so half a mile down the road was Ebony Horse Club which I a man who has worked in racing for 15 years didn't know about so um, I thought there was something wrong there the fact that we didn't know about places like this so my job or my idea was in the hope of promoting Ebony but then because of Khadija's sort of groundbreaking success mm. the fact that she has now become a, a role model to, to young men and women um, uh, out there there's lots of different strands to this story which have had from those messages and the reaction, an incredibly positive impact. So I'm, I'm very proud of, of the film, but most first and foremost, I'm incredibly proud of Khadija because to do this, you needed someone who was able to be determined, ambitious, um, to persevere, but she's done it all with a, a wonderful manner and um, we've become great friends, but, but she's just a, a real force. Did you know that you kind of had that in you, that... I suppose it, it came across like a fighter's instinct, really. She's a black belt in karate. <laughs> That's not a joke. She's, she, she is. She's definitely a fighter. So, but that determination, where, do, where does that come from? Um, I think... There's, not many people have asked that question, actually. Um, 
but I think it's to do with my upbringing mm. and my parents because my, my both my dad and my mum have the same attitude and I feel like it was just instilled into me whilst I was growing up. I didn't even notice it. That's why, to me, when I look back at everything, I'm like, I just did me. Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's it, to me, it's it's not as big of a deal as certain people have conveyed it to me. And I'm, I'm like struggling to understand how how people sort of see the the whole story. Um, but yeah, from my upbringing, my parents, um, how they sort of went from sort of nothing to you know having a family mm. and children that are going to school and doing relatively well. Um, took them a lot of effort and mental willpower and I think that's sort of just ingrained in me whilst I was growing up. How did the the first trip to the the Ebony Horse Club come about? Because there's some amazing shots of the kind of backdrop of the high rise. I mean, I know Brixton well. I, I lived there for and around there for many years when I was in, in London and I had no idea mm. that that was there. I mean, it is right in the epicentre <laughs> of it, isn't it? How, how did that first visit come around for you? Um, my mum saw a leaflet um, while mm. she was on the way to a mosque near in Brixton, and I've I've always wanted to ride. Like I've always been like pushing to ride, and we ended up having to travel really far. Mm. Um, and then when I found out about Ebony, literally within the next couple of days, I was like, I don't believe you, but we're going to go and check it out. <laughs> um, we went to see it, and there was horses, and I was like, what? <laughs> in the middle of Brixton. Yeah, yeah, I was like, it's been here for three or four years, and I had no idea. I was just so annoyed at myself for not finding out earlier. Yeah. Um, because it, it would have meant that I would have ri- like ridden earlier, and um, I was in the waiting list for ages because loads of people wanted to be involved. Um, but yeah, it was a massive shock because I so, was like, "So there's not there's a waiting list to actually get." I heard there was a waiting list for volunteers actually mm. to you know people who are, who might know about horses and how to deal with horses themselves and could help tacking up. I've heard there's a waiting list for for that. Or is there is there is there room for e- expansion? Uh, to, to be honest, the, you'd have to speak to everybody about that, but there, I know there's 150 um, children that are there, and I think that's their sort of capacity. Yeah. How, how long did you have to wait to get in? Um, I was in the waiting list for a year, but then I think they lost my application, and then I had to reapply. <laughs> but you got there in the end. In the end. And you described it as a, you know, a, a riding centre stroke youth club. It uh, is, it as is. well. What, what were the, the facets of it besides the... And what sort of people were there alongside you? Um, so the lessons are structured where you come in for 30 minutes after school, but then as you progress, mm. you then spend more time and you start to do more yard work. And automatically, when you're working on the yard, you know, you struggle at first and you end up asking other people for help, asking, you know... And you end up socialising just on the yard. You have to, yeah. essentially. Essentially, yeah, you have mm. to. Um and then not only that, but when you go inside, there's like they ha- there's like a little kitchen and a little common room, so people end up just chilling there, <laughs> interacting and, and yeah. socialising. So you've made friends just through that. Oh yeah, I've made a friend that has now gone to uni, mm. and I'm, I'm 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 at Brighton with him, and I've known him for like a good five to six years. So. Oh, fantastic, fantastic, and but I know because I've always been a horse racing fan, but not necessarily a horse. Fan, and it, it took me a while to sort of envelop myself in the in the, the country, the horse world, if you like. And I, I, I must admit, when I first started being around horses, they're very intimidating <laughs> creatures, aren't they? Was it natural to, to you? How did you find it early on, just being around horses? Um, I've always just been very in love with just horses. Yeah. Like I can't. I've never been intimidated. I did. 
at some points get quite nervous around them because I've had a couple of nasty experiences. Mm. Um, but it's always just been a foundation of I adore them. <laughs> and getting on a horse and then learning to ride with her is rising actually... trot and all of that. <laughs> I mean, it's such a weird thing, isn't it, rising trot? I was actually quite impatient with my learning. Um, <laughs> and I was always like, can I level up? Can I go to the next, you know, the next yeah. group? Um, and I was definitely not ready. Um, but I've always loved, like, trying to sort of reach further in my riding and try and mm. um, advance. But, uh, yeah, I just, I love the lessons at Ebony because the way they structured is great because you, you end up being with the people that are on your level and it's, it's like lessons, like proper lessons. Yeah, that's a fantastic. So, and, and the, the opportunity to ride in the Mag Magnolia Cup was... I don't know if you know this, Ollie. Was, was there a was there a sample of who could possibly do it? Was it a choice between you and three or four others? How so what happened was um, when I had the idea initially, everything that happened for this story to be told happened kind of probably upside down. Mm. So the initial idea I had was to to take a rider from Ebony and get a slot in the race, but I didn't have a film crew at the time or a rider, but I had a slot in the race because <laughs> I said to Peter O'Sullivan lunch and Adam Waterworth from Goodwood was on my right, and I said, look, I've kind of thinking about this idea can you just give me a spot in the magnolia cup and mm. i'll get the other sort of pieces of the puzzle put together then i went to ebony and said "Oh, i've got a spot in the race yeah. now we need a rider and then uh they said because of the sort of qualification for the race you had to be 18 or over and um and a female obviously it's a, it's a female only race charity race uh, and they put forward Khadija and a girl from Alice. She's a lovely girl. He, she's um, she works up in Newmarket. She was work, she's working for Godolphin and, mm. and sort of full time employment in racing, which is fantastic. And another another sort of racing success story from from uh, from Ebony. But because um, Khadija was was based in in Peckham still, and when Mattia and Tom, the directors, spoke to Khadija, they saw that determination, that sort of commitment, that focus. That I suppose when you undertake a challenge of this magnitude you, you need to see so that's how that came about yeah um and then we we in an ideal world you probably wanted to film like three or four people because of the size of the task mm. we definitely put all our eggs in one basket so when as you'll see in the film Khadija failed her first riding assessment five weeks before the race mm. we're there going all right um lovely we actually don't have a film because there's no ending to this film yeah. now other than like a girl getting told she's failed an yeah. ass assessment on a train um which isn't quite the Hollywood ending that we'd anticipated at the start, but thankfully, Khadija's determination yeah. um, meant she took another test, and obviously, the, the rest is history. Yeah, and I, I, I rode in a charity race, and I went from not riding at all to riding. Oh, that's and I know, but so I know how much work goes into that. And I was riding, I was probably riding out sometimes four or five times a week. I was doing fitness pretty much every night I'd be doing squats in my living room and all of that. Can you imagine doing that I mean, when you're doing your A-levels well, and is, fasting for This is the thing, I mean you you were studying for the most important exams of your young life then how, how difficult was that? Um, it was very, well great yeah. <laughs> um, for the first two weeks that's when I had the sort of intense build up towards my A-levels and the revision was just shocking because I wasn't focusing and my brain was just melting. Yeah, um, too much to think about. Yeah, I did, I, like the Ramadan and the mm. revision. And Generally speaking, I procrastinate a lot, so <laughs> <laughs> it, it just wasn't helping. But um, <clears throat> I think the racing and the training was sort of like an escape, to be fair, mm. even though at some points um, my parents would be like, you need to focus more. 
Um, to be fair, I don't think I would have performed any better with or without the racing because, in fact, I think it probably benefited me a bit because it got quite stressful yeah. and seeing horses um, often helped. Um, but the fasting affected my training in terms of my fitness. But thankfully, I picked that up as soon as Ramadan was over because that was only for two weeks right. um, of my training. Right, so, the, yeah, okay. I know Amir Khan, um, the boxer, he he could only fight at certain times a year. He had to, he had to fit it around Ramadan as, as well, and that was really mm. punctuated into his, his, his life. But when you, when you went to the British Racing School, was, mm. that, was that the point where you really were able to knuckle down and yeah. focus and, and get on with it? What was that like? Um, because it was structured really well mm. and it was quite repetitive and I started with, with racing it's all about technique I, I think or I believe yeah um, and well, there's so much that goes into it isn't it that's the thing <laughs> um, and the repetitive nature of the course they gave me meant that I could find like tune in like completely fine tune my sort of technique and mm. get it put, like where I want it to be and pick up on all the issues yeah um and because I was riding and training and the fitness was so intense, it meant that my progression accelerated really yeah. well. You've just, I think with horses, you've just, or with any sport, I suppose, you've just got to do it and do it and do it again and again and again. Were you seeing each and every day, week to week, the building blocks? Were you gaining confidence? Because sport is often like that, isn't it? Um, with horses, sometimes it's sort of like a... A graph that goes up and down. Mm. Um, so <laughs> it would <laughs> it it'd be going good, and then I'd have an issue, and then I'm like, oh no, I'm not getting any better. And then yeah. um, I think what really sort of um, encouraged me and built my confidence was when I'm getting run away with, um, not being able to panic anymore, and actually being able to think about yeah. what to do in that moment. Because before I'd just be like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm gonna die. It's <laughs> um, kind of counterintuitive, isn't it? Because you you ride a horse and you think of the reins as a brake. Yeah. Whereas the the more experienced jockeys will say you you have to give a little bit to take a bit back and being they say soft hands is what the you know not being too tense and that those are the the things but it's so difficult to do that. Yeah, when, when you're panicking, yeah, you don't think about oh wait should I shift my weight back like it's just <laughs> pull and scream like. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the interesting thing in the film was um, your brother, who who kind of wants that kind of career, I suppose, or, or that um, possibility in his life as well. He was kind of along every step of the way. Was that, was that helpful to him? Was he, was he quite envious? He looked like he enjoyed being, being part of your journey. When I told him about it um, initially, he was like, what? Because yeah. I didn't quite appreciate, you know, the Magnolia Cup and the whole mm. experience because I wasn't sort of into racing at all. Um, but he was really excited about it. And then he was like, OK, if, you, if I'm not racing and you are, I'm going to mentor you. <laughs> so he's living vicariously through <laughs> you, uh, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but he enjoyed it. And I, I loved Ray because he stayed with me up at Newmarket. Mm. And it meant that I had someone to talk to continuously during the, the whole of my training. And because, you know, he's my brother, we'd end up, like, every lunchtime, you know, talking about the, the experience in the morning because he'd ride out with Chris Wall. I'd ride out with Charlie Fellows. Yeah. And we'd come and talk about our experiences in the morning. So it's you were living and breathing horses pretty much every... every yeah. He's... he's Taking out an amateur license, is that right? Yeah, hopefully this December he will be taking his test and hopefully he'll pass. Wow, fantastic. So he does he wa he wants to have a career in racing? Um, yeah, definitely. He really wants to get into racing and do some races. Um, but I think 
he still wants to go to university because he's doing his A-levels yeah. um, next year. So sort of, we're, we're kind of doing the same thing. Yeah, juggling, juggling. Yeah. And, and um, the, you didn't ride a horse called Run on Sterling, did you? I did. Uh, did you? Oh, so my he's, goodness. He's the horse that I, uh, when I, I, I failed my first riding test. Down at Newmarket. <laughs> Failed it, and he was the reason why. Run on Sterling. I had a very bad. He took the Mickey out of me completely. <laughs> he's he's quite cheeky. Yeah. My first go on him, because he's quite chunky. Yeah. I was like, I should be fine, <laughs> and took me by surprise and bolted. And yeah. I was like, what is going he on? Un- he unseated me. Yeah, he bucks a lot, and yeah. I was like, how are you so big and being able to lift your bum that high? <laughs> uh, naughty little devil. Oh well, but then these are all the. The le- it's a steep learning curve, isn't it? These are the bumps in the road. They kept me on him for a while, and then eventually I figured it out. Mm. And um, that, for me, was, again, progression. Mm. And from going to panicking, getting run off with, and nearly being thrown off, to then just having you know, good rides on him, that, that was what made the journey great, because I was like, OK, I'm learning something, and I'm sort of building not only knowledge and um, technique and you know, skill, mm. but also I'm sort of connecting with horses and getting to understand racehorses and just becoming a better rider, which is, to me, a massive achievement because I just didn't think I'd get to that point. And with horses, there, there is almost a slightly spiritual thing, isn't there? There is yeah, a, there's a something, a connection you can't quite put your finger on. Yeah, some people, I guess, some people don't get on with horses um, and it's sort of unexplainable. Mm. Um, and some people do, and I think... I agree with that. And uh, what, when I saw you the, the first time you went up the gallops, I think with, with you might have been with Hayley Turner um, in someone else. Oh, yeah, yeah, and it, it really brought it back to me because I remember the first time that I, I sat actually on a thoroughbred and went up the gallops. And there was a horse at the Keithleys, a, a grey horse called um, uh, Merlin's Wish, who was like a three and a half mile, four mile chaser. So pretty much one of the slowest horses in the whole yard. <laughs> but for me, that first time up the gallops, he's like a Ferrari. I couldn't believe it. And I got, when I watched you in the film, I got that feeling all over again of the, <laughs> wow, what an amazing experience it is to do that. My, my first canter down the straights um, in Newmarket didn't actually go that well because I, I was so eager. Mm. I think the horse felt the eagerness and then we set off way too quickly. And I overtook someone and their horse kicked me. And then... I took another person, which, <laughs> as you know, is you're not supposed to do that <laughs> at all. <laughs> no. um, but yeah, to me, I thought that's it. You know, I'm galloping. This is it. I'm good. I'm going at race pace. And then I spoke to Chris afterwards, and he was like, "That was not race pace." And I was like, "What?" Yeah. I could not believe it. I was like, "They go faster." Yeah. <laughs> that's Nick 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 Bentley, your your jockey coach, who actually mentored me a little bit as well. Um, I, I saw his reaction in the film. He said, "No." That's not even going down to the start yeah, pace. I was like, yeah, right then, uh, it's <laughs> going to be interesting. Yeah, Ollie, the whole experience is it, has it been a bit like being a sort of proud big brother? Definitely, yeah. Well, without a shadow of a doubt, I think um, going into this, there was quite a simple reason for doing it for me, mm. um, and that was as we talked about Ebony. But actually, what I've gained, you know, like hopefully lots of people have watched the film, um, but what I've fundamentally have gained is an is an incredible friendship with Khadija you know like I'm sure and I hope I'll, I'll have for life and I think that I'm so glad that the world that I live in day to day have been able to see just how brilliant a person mm. Khadija is and as I said at the premiere on Monday night there's 150 other Khadijas at Ebony Horse Club alone there's the Urban Equestrian Centre in, in, in Leicester that have a load of children like Khadija 
And I actually spoke to, to Freedom Zampadalis, who runs the Urban Equestrian Centre, and I said to him, you know, what are your thoughts about how us as an industry can, can mm. become more accessible for, for children at your centre? And he said, it's quite simple, you just need to give us a chance. Like, we're the underdog. We're expected to lose, is what he said to me. But if you give us an opportunity, you'll see that we will grab it and excel. Um, and, I, and I think that the other thing that's interesting about what you, you guys were talking about there is, for you, your experience was horse racing first and then horses. Mm. But for Khadija, and I don't want to speak on behalf of Khadija, but I think it was horses first and then horse racing. And I think we as a sport need to understand that we're just, we can't be arrogant and go, horse racing's great, come to us. We have to, to, through horses or whatever it is, reach areas we haven't reached before and then spread our sort of bug, if you like. Everyone talks about the racing bug, but we've got to take that. I don't want to make it sound like flu, but we've got to take that and sort of <laughs> take it to areas that we don't normally go to because, um, because otherwise, and John Neal was talking about syndicates and things mm. earlier, and he said that we, you know, with the established owners, um, that if they go, like Jig and Sound are going to step out of the way. We need to reach areas that we haven't reached before because otherwise I don't think the sport will be as vibrant and as thriving as we want it to be in the future. Well, there has to be, whether it's the Ebony Club or, or any any other, that, that has to be a template for what's possible. I mean, you could have that in, in, in Mile End, up in yeah. North London. You could have that, and that's just London, never mind in Manchester and, and Sheffield and, and up in Glasgow and, and so on and so forth. I mean, that template could be... And we should say fair play to, to Great British Racing who have yeah. been sort of co-promoters of this yeah, film alongside. They, so when, and this is the, the other message, which I said at the premiere, but when, when myself, my brother, the other producer, and Tom and Matthew, the two directors, had this like, idea, we then needed money for the film and we went to Great British Racing, we pitched the idea to them. They, along with the Racing Foundation and Goodwood, funded the project... And then we went to the racing school when we needed Khadija to, to, to have like, extra tuition. They said yes. Everyone along this way sort of united and mm. said yes. And I think a lot of times in racing, like if at any stage someone said no to us, this story would not have been able to be told. This incredible woman would not mm. have been able to be seen in our industry. And, um, and that's because people said yes. And I know it sounds so basic, but I think it's a really important message because yeah. things won't happen when people say no in this industry. Like They just frankly won't. So... Saying yes has meant that we were able to tell the story, and a huge thanks does go to the, the people that put it on. I know it sounds really simple, but something that I, d I don't know whether Khadija thinks it would help. Um, but, for example, say I, my mum's a, a teacher in a, a school in Catford, um, mm. a state primary school in Catford. She asked me to go and do a talk, and I'm, I've written an article for the Racing Post on Tuesday about it. And I went in there, and all the kids there, I remember those talks when I was at school, I hated them. I could not care have, less what some in. goofy... Unless you can just catch race. Yeah. And then I showed them the head cam footage, yeah. the jockey camera footage of a horse race. It wasn't oh, Khadija's race. It wasn't your race, don't worry. They didn't <laughs> hear you screaming. But, uh, but it's great <laughs> I love that. We're going to come yeah, to that in a minute. Don't but, hear um, that. But, but their eyes lit up. And, and for them, racing was never part of the conversation. But if we as a sport can go into the classrooms in different yeah. areas and then, you know, hopefully they'll then go home to their mum and go, oh, you'll never guess what I saw today. Well, that's like amazing a, it's footage. like an action Can movie. I go racing on Saturday? Yeah, it's like an action movie, Absolutely. isn't it? Let's take us back to the race it, itself, race day. Were you nervous? Because it, it's such an unknown. I remember thinking, in my childhood years, I remember thinking, I have no idea what it's going to be like going to the start. I mean how difficult it's going to be and it's just the step into the unknown was it like that for you the canter down i had i think actually it wasn't the best bit but it was one of my favorite bits of the race just cantering down and spotting a couple of my friends in in the crowd um that was my favorite bit i think 
but also the finishing line. <laughs> well, you're you're four or so from the left in the in the white cap. Um, you got a good start, which is is yeah. the thing they always Everyone bang on was about. Telling me, <laughs> like I was in tears beforehand, just out of nervousness. And I remember Nick Bentley shaking me and being like, "Listen, get the start right, get the start yeah, right." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which you did. And here, I mean, what are you thinking? You're about fifth or sixth now. You look quite relaxed. Valeria is in front of me, and um, I remember seeing a gap and pulling him out. And then I remember looking at the post and thinking, okay, we've got an, um, a furlong and a half. So you're actually that aware during the race. Fair play, because it, it happens in a blur. Because no, in my gallop um, with Charlie, he made me focus on the. Um, the markers. markers. Oh, good, good advice. Good advice. Believe. Did you know? Did you think you'd won? <laughs> when I when I crossed the finishing line, yeah. <laughs> you thought you'd won. I was, I was, because basically I didn't see the other horse. previous com- company coming up at all. So I just thought, oh my god, that's it. I mean, it, it's bonkers, isn't it? It is bonkers. I said to Khadija because because obviously after the failed assessment and everything, I was there giving the worst advice. Like obviously everything that Nick. Yeah, the, the night going, before. Don't push, just stay on. Like if you're even if you've got a sniff, don't worry, just get home yeah. safe. And then we'll all have a nice day, <laughs> and that's fine. And then Abdus goes, her brother goes. Um, and I told him what Ollie said, and he's like, "Don't you dare sit there like a like a muppet. You got to push. <laughs> there is yeah. no way you've Nor got an Ollie. opportunity to race, and you're not gonna like go for it properly." And Thank goodness like, you did ignore me. But the screaming and stuff, like, well, that's that was just me, like, but, no, getting but, excited. No, I know, but it's fantastic because actually, the one thing I think you forget about when you're on a horse is that the. Your body's part of it, and you can you can communicate through your your hands or your your thighs or your knees or your legs. That's that's all possible. But the biggest thing is your voice, and and I think a lot of young or inexperienced riders like I was, you forget that that's that's the chain of command. It starts and ends like that, and that's what you were doing all the way through that final <laughs> final furlough. Here come the tears and the, here's the Hollywood finish. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> you know what's great about it? You love, like, we love boxing. And yeah. when you go to a boxing match, like, and Khadija boxed as well, um, you kind of can really hear and feel the intensity of the sport. And I think mm-hmm. what I love most about that, like, head canvas of John Khadija is that you really felt what it was like to be in that moment. And I think that's something that all sports should try and tap into in terms of mm-hmm. their audience, of trying to give the audience that feeling that you are... Khadija Miller in that moment, you know what I mean? And through those cheers. Absolutely, it's the sound, isn't it, Khadija? Because I, I remember the first time I ever went on grass, because normally you're on the all weather and the synthetic it is, and surfaces. It's, and it's really it's, silent. It's the sound, it's just so The thundering. Diff- oh yeah, and it's so different. You don't, you don't actually ever train with more than, you know, three people galloping around sure. you. Sure. And, like, there was, like, a good, what, 12 of us? Yeah. All just galloping down. And th- there is no preparation for that kind of yeah. atmosphere. Yeah. And then the jump off, the set off, I'd never set off from a walk. Mm. So then I was like, whoa, <laughs> lost a bit of my balance. And it, a lot of it, like the circling round to the start, I'd never practiced that mm. either. So I think it was just a crazy, crazy race and experience. And you've got those silks to keep. Yeah, I've got them. What are you going to do with them? Um, I don't know. I think I'm going to frame them. You have to get them framed. <laughs> They'll be worth squillions one day. They'll be worth squillions. You'll be able to one day be able to raise ask a me pot was... of money for the yeah. Ebony Club or whatever. Some yeah. some charity. That'll be they'll... Charlie. Look at the smile as well. He was a big part of the story for you, Charlie Fellows. He was in floods of tears after everyone was. I, I get really emotional looking back at it now. It's such a an amazing achievement for. Khadija. Who's your brother? 
Maybe <laughs> one mum. Maybe one day. I mean, what was their reaction to it all? Because what were their expectations going into it? My brother's always had the fighting instinct and attitude is the same as me, so he mm. was like, you're going to win it. You're going to have to win it. If you don't win it, there's going to be a problem. <laughs> but the rest of my family, and I think my sister like, was doubting my ability as well because she, she knew that I'd fallen off and like I'd been mm. run away with because I'd hit her up every time like I'd have a problem. Like, listen, I'd just been thrown off twice on the same horse and then she's like, Khadija, you need to pick it up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, I think everyone, because I'd said in Good Morning Britain that, that very day. I mean, I see how easy she just dropped no, that in. I good said, morning, oh, Good Morning Britain. I literally said, I'm aiming for fourth at best. So within me, I thought realistically, best I could do was fourth. Yeah. Um, everyone had the same attitude because I told them, I, like, I've been training, I know how much. I could push for, mm. and I thought that my ability could only reach fourth. Yeah. Um, so everyone just assumed that I wouldn't come first. So the g- Good Morning Britain, right? So obviously this is as, as my job, <laughs> and uh, but I, we go into Good Morning Britain studios, and I'm terrified. I'm yeah. really nervous. And yeah. you're just telling me like she's like, right, relax, <laughs> come, no waffles. Like she's such a pro. Like, from the start, she's like completely got, had everything just nailed. So you, you're at uni now. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming you're going to go back on. Well, tonight or, or, or Monday, bound to be people on campus who might have seen this, heard about it. Funnily enough, not many people are into racing and horses, so I didn't really talk too much about it. Um, and then the media department at Brighton University mm. saw an article and they were like, hold on a second, why didn't you <laughs> tell us that you know, you'd done this race? And then um, they then put it on the website. And then my form tutor was then, because I told him that I'd, I did a bit of jockey training over mm. summer. And he just thought, oh, she did a bit of jockey training. Um, and then he came to me literally yesterday. I was like, hold on a second, you didn't tell me that you won a race. <laughs> on TV. He's like, I'm going to watch, <laughs> I'm gonna watch a documentary. And I was like, ah! <laughs> um, a couple of my friends know. Um, my hallmates don't really know because I just haven't had a chance to bring it up. It's a bit of a weird one to just bring up. Like, by yes, the way, but- hey, I, ro- I rode a race and I won. Like, it's a bit of... I would milk yeah, it. I, yeah, he <laughs> would. Actually. I really would. I'd have a T-shirt. And, <laughs> and so, how how much are horses and um, riding going to play in your your life going forward? Do you think? Um, I've got the racing bug, and I don't think there's a cure. So I'm just going <laughs> to keep racing, especially because my brother's um, keeping at mm. it. I'm, I'm going hopefully up back to Newmarket in December whilst he's doing his training to then just ride out for a bit yeah, see Haviland again it, is, it does get you doesn't it once, it does. once you're there you're there that's a good line that's almost as good as the line in the film <laughs> where when you get to Goodwood you say where's my boy at <laughs> talking about Haviland the horse you were going to ride <laughs> shocking I can't believe I said that yeah there'd be a little bit of Brixton in that wasn't there <laughs> and is, is uh, are there are there other budding stars do you think at the okay. Ebony Race Club, would you say? Well, in what way is that going to serve those those young yeah. people going forward? Do you think? Um, uh, so the the biggest impact I can share from my experience pr- prior to this, O'Shane, who's a young rider, he won a pony race at Ascot. Abdus is obviously going to get touch with his his jockey license mm. in December. So there's there's success stories that are happening every day at Ebony. But the biggest image for me that will well one of the like lasting images of this was about two weeks after the win I went back to Ebony and Khadija was teaching six 
children, mm -hmm. young children of all different races, religions, backgrounds, how to sit up in the saddle like, mm -hmm. um, like a jockey. And it wasn't Frankie Dottorio that was their role model, it was Khadija Mella, and hopefully that has it spread throughout the, the country. Yeah, and it's remiss of me not to, to uh, perhaps deal with that, but as a, a young Muslim woman riding in a race, what kind of message do you hope that's sending out? Um, that they shouldn't be deterred by the fact that they're not looking the same as everyone else. Mm. Um, some people find it difficult to persevere in a sport just based on the fact that they don't look the same as everyone else. And I like that hasn't ever phased me because I've been brought up um, and raised in a private school and I just didn't look the same as anyone else. And it, it bothered me a little bit at some points, but eventually I just became used to the fact that I will build my own character and be who I am and just carry that through. Um, but some people just haven't had that experience and shy away from it, perhaps, I'm not sure, but... Um, I've got messages from people who have been anxious about trying starting out riding. Or There was actually a girl that contacted me who wears a hijab and she mm. wasn't sure about how she felt about riding because um, she lived in the country and everyone there just didn't look like her. And she was telling me about her anxieties and I was like trying to comfort her. But to me that was like crazy hearing these experiences and being able to offer some help. Sure. Um, and I think that it's just enriched my life, I think. It's just made life that much better. That's what horses do. That's what horses do. Films uh, is going to be shown again? Yeah, so it's actually going out after the news at 10 on Monday on ITV, which is fantastic. So obviously we had a great slot for a racing film after the World Cup final, and then again on Monday, and it's obviously on the ITV hub as well. So um, yeah, this story, which Khadija's articulated so well here, but um, it's all packaged together quite nicely by talented people, way more talented than I am. So if you can watch it, please do. You're just basking in reflected glory again. Oh, I know, yeah, I'm, I, do you know, genuinely, I, 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 this is, this is our, it's quite an emotional day for us because we've been on this journey for a year now from start to finish, and this is our last like media interview together. But I, I cannot tell you how proud I am of Khadija. Mm. She's incredible. Sister, we're, we're both almost Brixton, <laughs> Brixton people. I really just, enjoyed your... Sorry, Rob. Thoroughly enjoyed your company. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albastiet Cruel Dubai.